Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Today's guest is Matt Cowell. Matt is the Vice President of Safety for AGC of Missouri, and Matt has been doing a tremendous job since he's been on board. So, Matt, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Len. How long have you been at AGC of Missouri now, Matt? Well, it's almost been a year and a half. Next month will be a year and a half. Tell us what you did before that. I've done several different things. I've been the corporate safety director for several large companies and uh, small ones. But most recently, I was overseeing the uh, on-site safety and health consultation, the mine safety and health consultation, and the wage and hour section for the Department of Labor. Uh, What did that involve? Oh, that involved a lot of politics. They had the prevailing wage. It dealt with the federal OSHA side because the on-site safety and health section is a state-run program, and then the mine safety and health is also a state-run program through MSHA to assist in all of the different industries, whether it's mining or whether it's the OSHA consultation side. It's the free services that they offer that is non-enforcement. So you dealt with a lot of contractors during that time in addition to a lot of other industries, I'm guessing. Oh, plenty. What sort of other industries? I know you did construction. Were there other industries that you worked with? Sure. We did a lot of high risk. Uh, We did a lot of uh, milling operations, logging operations, food processing. We did a lot of residential construction, but then a lot of uh, unique startups that was a lot of chemical processing plants. So the process safety management side of things was, was definitely one of our areas that we had to spend a lot of time in. Now, what sort of things have you been doing in the last year and a half since you made the transition to AGC Missouri? A lot of it is still the same. It's working with our, our members, our, our contractors. A lot of it's been building relationships, but a lot of it has been uh, offering different types of training, facilitating our OSHA partnership, and just reaching out and trying to provide services that we can add value to our members, whether it's through toolbox talks, policy manuals, providing information, being kind of the the go-to person for the safety people or non-safety people. In a lot of cases, some members can't afford a safety person, so you do a lot of research for them and just provide them with information, resources, and topics that they can stay up to date on. Now, in addition to that day-to-day work of running the safety department, you've had two really unique special projects. I think last year was the suicide prevention issue, and this year certainly the COVID-19. So why don't we talk about those two programs and what that really meant to our industry over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think the the interesting fact was Bo Cooper with Alberici uh, brought to the safety committee the fact that suicide in construction is definitely an epidemic. 
And so when he brought it to the safety committee, we sat there and discussed a lot of it. He presented kind of the, the hard facts and everybody around the table, definitely not an expert in any type of mental health, but we figured we needed to do something. So we just banded together, put together a very small working group, and in about eight weeks, we wanted to create an awareness campaign to kind of change the stigma. So we launched some toolbox talks, we launched the poker chips, and then just a social media campaign to try to help with that. Interesting enough, our our safety committee decided to do some suicide prevention stand-downs, and we brought in some people that have a lot more expertise than ourselves, partnered with WashU and their uh, total health department. We brought in Dr. John Gall, who has a lot of experience in that area, and just did some phenomenal stand-downs. And this year we plan to up the game a little bit. We're going to do a little bit more of a annual effort on it by developing 12 what we're going to call Mental Health Monday. So every month we're going to provide to our members kind of a topic on mental health that they can do a toolbox talk and provide it to their employees just to keep the tradition going. Well, not to make light of it, but I think in terms of what we've all been facing with the COVID-19 situation over the last couple of months, we could all use a few Mental Health Mondays, I think. Yeah, I think uh, the the COVID-19 has definitely brought about some uh, unique opportunities for mental health, and I think it's going to definitely change the way, especially construction looks at it. Our safety department, as well as our safety committees, are getting a lot more requests from people in the field to provide resources, and sometimes it's just for them to be somebody that they can go to, that the employees can go to and talk to. And, and we're trying to provide resources to them because that's not something that's been in our, typically been in our, our wheelhouse. Now, I know that really a lot of the members relied on you and AGC in general for the COVID-19 preparedness. And I know you spent a lot of time putting material together for our members about that. Why don't you discuss that a little bit? It was kind of a baptism by fire. I'm I'm not sure that any of us knew going into this what we were doing. It was just putting together all the contacts I've basically developed, whether it was OSHA, WashU, NIOSH, CDC, and, and really a lot of our members stepped up and said, hey, I came across this, and they would send it to me. And, you know, I spent a lot of time reading documents, spent a lot of time researching documents, and if it was something that pertained to it, we would put it on our COVID-19 website What was interesting is that we had a lot of people that a lot more experienced than myself, safety members, that kind of doubted what they were doing because we hadn't really been in a situation dealing with a pandemic. So I spent a lot of time basically just kind of reassuring a lot of our safety departments of of what's going on. And what was fascinating was, you know, we started seeing real quick that PPE was going to be a, a big shortage. So I reached out to members that are in that industry and said, all right, what can we do to help our members stay operational? And so we we jumped on the bandwagon pretty early, and it was just kind of connecting all of the different dots together and making sure that we could stay operational. 
now with all these things going on between the daily operations, the training, everything else, you came to me and it became pretty apparent early on that this was more than one person should be involved in. So we added a second person in January, Brandon Anderson. Tell us about how Brandon's been working out for you. Well, Brandon has just jumped in. We he During this whole process, he'd only been with us about two weeks, so his orientation was going very well. And, and then we had to basically step back and, and look at how we were running things. And, and with very little direction, uh, I basically had to say, turn him loose on, on several different projects. And, you know, it's just amazing that when you have a guy that's eager to learn and willing to bend over backwards, how they can just develop and understand the, the current situation. And he's just taken off. He's built some excellent relationships with some of our members already. He's working with WashU on a lot of the suicide stuff because I was pulled to the COVID-19. So he's taken the, the lead on, on a lot of those projects. He's developed a, a few more programs for us. One of the big ones is we're going to start offering competent person training. So he's developed instructor's manuals, uh, student manuals. And, you know, I just can't speak enough about how he just jumped in and, and took charge on on a lot of the different initiatives that we have going on. Now, you mentioned competent person in training as a new issue that's going to be available for our members. There's also some other new things you're working on, aren't there? Yeah, so what we're getting ready to do is roll out what the new ANSI standard on mobile elevated work platforms. And when we come back here in the middle of May is we will start offering a new class called Mobile Elevated Work Platform. It'll meet the new ANSI standards. It's a four-hour class. It'll basically be a written test with a practical portion of it, and it's going to meet all the new aerial lift standards that basically are going to be requirements for all of our contractors. You also are working with some folks on some crane certification, I understand. Yes, we are. We we are trying to uh, bring in some some experts to do offer NCCO crane training. We've partnered with a, a lot of different resources to do that, and unfortunately, the first class will probably be a more of a go-to meeting type of environment until we get to the practical. And we're hoping that after that, by sometime this summer, that that'll be a, a class that we offer on a regular basis through the AGC. And then. Talk about your new toolbox talks. So one of the things that when I first came on is uh, obviously we want to make sure that we provide resources to all of our members. One of my pet peeves is I believe that as a safety professional, every opportunity is a teachable moment. So, you know, safety shouldn't be a negative thing. So if we see something that needs to be improved, we need to educate them. Well, what are all the different ways we touch them? Most safety people can't be in every place at every given time. So toolbox talks are something that I believe should be used. The industry as a whole, most of them were written in the 90s, middle 90s, and they're out of date. They don't offer pictures or graphics and you know, some of the standards have changed and some of them were pretty, I'm going to call them blah. So I've spent the, the last year writing and I'm up to 52. So one toolbox talk per week. My goal is to get to a little over 100 so that you could go two years without ever repeating a toolbox talks. So once we hit 52, we wanted to be able to 
have that opportunity that our members have access to those toolbox talks is just a member value-added type of opportunity. Give me an example of one of those. Uh, sure. So uh, a lot of it is, you know, whether it's three points context, getting in and out of equipment, a lot of it could be on the focus four hazards, you know, caught in between, struck by, we have some for uh, underground utilities, open holes and floors, fall protection, just wearing basic PPE, just a whole variety of topics. Well, Matt, it sounds like even while we've had these special projects going on that there's still been the day-to-day work of making sure that everybody gets home safely every night. You bet. I think the the most important thing is that, you know, COVID-19 kind of consumed us the, for the first four weeks, but the the real issues in safety are, are the, the basic hazards, the fall protection, making sure that we don't, you know, expose people to chemicals. We're now using new disinfectants, so safety data sheets, and and we just don't want to lose sight of making sure that we keep our people safe. We want to make sure that nobody gets hurt on a job site, and we're still following basic safety procedures. So we've all got a new kind of role in our job that none of us asked for, Uh, none of us were really kind of prepared for, just keeping people focused and and on track with making sure that the basic safety requirements are still being met. But people can visit our website and find all those safety resources that you and Brandon have been working on. You bet. So they can go to the member portion of the website. And the other thing that I wanted to do is, is offer them, if they want to kind of, for lack of a better word, spend a little bit of money, they can buy them and put their own logo on it to customize it to their own company. So we're, we're trying to be as flexible as we can and give all of our members an opportunity to kind of step up the game a little bit. Well, Matt, I know that you have touched a lot of lives save some lives and help people stay healthy and safe and get home safely every night to their families. Thanks so much for all your hard work. Thanks, Len. I appreciate your time. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.